Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us today is Jamie Keach of Capitalist Exploits. Today, we'll be discussing why platinum should be in your portfolio. Mr. Keach, welcome to the show, sir. Hi, Maurice. Thanks for having me today. Well, Jamie, thank you for coming on the show today to discuss a topic that may be time-sensitive for our listeners, and that is platinum. Uh, Before we begin, tell us about Capitalist Exploits. Yeah, so Capitalist Exploits is a blog that's run by a gentleman named Chris McIntosh, who is a macro investor. He also runs a small fund called the Asymmetric Opportunities Fund, which he invests his own money in and looks for asymmetric opportunities all over the world. Um, In the last few months, I've partnered with Chris, and we are launching a new service uh, for for our readers called Resource Insider. And Resource Insider is going to be focused purely on the natural resources sector, primarily mining and metals. So we're going to be looking for opportunities and recommendations for our readers um, about how to get the best rewards and the best returns in the mining and metal space. Sounds good. Since we're discussing precious metals today, what is your thesis on stewardship of precious metals? Yeah, so... I was thinking about this this morning, and I I kind of put precious metals into two categories. I look at it either as an investment or a store of wealth. Um, And in terms of an investment, I look at it like any other investment. Sometimes it's a good investment, sometimes it's a bad investment. You know, if you bought gold or a gold security or ETF at the top of the market in 2012, obviously it would have been a bad investment. Um, Today, Uh, given the political situation in a lot of places in the world, given the economic situation, given the debt, uh, the the sovereign debt of a lot of nations, I'm starting to think of gold and other precious metals as a very good place to put your money. Um, I get exposure to that mostly through securities, and I've invested in junior exploration companies. I've invested in development and operating mining companies, and as well as royalty and streaming companies. And now the other way to answer your question is, do you also look at gold particularly, but precious metals in general, as a store of wealth? And and that's a totally different ballpark. And I would say, I would make the case that any serious investor should have some part of his portfolio in precious metals, particularly gold, just as a way to essentially hedge against catastrophe. Or, um, or I guess as well, um, and if you lack faith in fiat currencies and having that as a store of your money so you're not so dependent on any one government or any one country. So the percentage you're going to put into precious metals is really going to depend on your personal portfolio, where you live, uh, your, your general level of paranoia at the state of the world. But I do think precious metals and gold in particular are a very important part of any investment portfolio, just as that underlying safety net. You know, speaking of gold and silver, that's what a lot of precious metals investors focus on, and they overlook, to me, the platinum group metals. For someone new to the fundamentals of platinum, please provide us with a 10,000-foot narrative. Platinum's kind of a funny metal in a lot of ways, or rather, I should say it's a funny precious metal, because it's kind of like the industrial precious metal, Uh, whereas gold is almost 90-plus percent used as a store of wealth or in jewelry. Platinum is a lot different than that. So something like 40% of platinum gets used in the automotive industry, particularly 
catalytic converters. Another big chunk uh, does get used for jewelry around 30%. And then there's 20% or odd in the industrial space, such as um, such as uh, medical equipment, because platinum is a very sterile metal. And then only 3% of it is actually bought and held as an investment opportunity compared to, to gold or silver, which are obviously much higher. So that's the, the underlying ownership fundamentals of platinum. Now, from a high-level perspective, almost all of the world's platinum comes out of South Africa. And in terms of buyers, the biggest buyers are, of course, the automotive industry and using it for catalytic converters for diesel cars. Let's get into the supply and demand fundamentals for platinum. What can you share with us regarding supply? Well, as I was just mentioning, the vast majority of platinum and platinum group metals in general, so that includes palladium and rhodium, that comes from South Africa. So they're producing somewhere in the order of 70-80% of all platinum group metals. They hold 80% of the world's platinum reserves. So I think totally there's about 160,000 kilograms of platinum produced every year. Something on the order of 110 of those comes from South Africa. Um, so uh, in terms of supply, when so much is coming from one country, the other countries you're seeing are North America to a degree, as well as Russia. The majority of the world's platinum, 70 to 80%, that's coming directly out of South Africa. That's followed after that at a pretty far distance by North America. And then third would be Russia. Um, well, platinum does come out of Russia. The majority of the platinum group metals that we're seeing from there is actually palladium. And I believe that Russia is the number one or else a close number two producer of palladium in the world right now. Uh, I mean, the South African mines, they're starting to dry up. Um, the cost of platinum has dropped to a level that it's, it's getting very hard to mine it economically. And then you're seeing these social shifts occurring right now in South Africa that's putting the industry in jeopardy. So they've just recently elected uh, a new prime minister called Cyril Ramaphosa. He came in as a very pro-business, uh, pro-development politician. But since that time, he's really sort of turned around on that. Uh, one of the things that he's starting to instigate right now is at least, um, I believe it's 30% black ownership of the mines. So that's an increase from what had previously been in place. So that's going to really stir things up a little in terms of the ownership and the profitability of these mines. And then there's also really um, an underlying movement right now from uh, the EFF, which is the the other party, the other prominent party. I think it's the Economic Freedom Fighters. They're basically making claims right now that they want to nationalize the land. They want to nationalize all land ownership, and that includes mines and natural resources. So. In terms of supply, you're really seeing a constraint on platinum and pl platinum group in general, and it's not yet been picked up in the other parts of the world. Now, obviously, Russia has its own complications right now in the world, and in North America, you're just not seeing the mines or the, the deposits come online to fill the gap that's inevitably going to be left by South Africa. But with so much coming from South Africa, the supply is really dependent, obviously, on the political climate of that nation. And I look at platinum right now as one of the most interesting ways to be 
short South Africa. You know, this uh, perfect storm of events here, you have geopolitical turmoil, the cost of production, water shortages, and it's just uh, it's leading to what could be a spectacular event here in Platinum. Now, what can you share with us regarding demand? Yeah, I mean, demand is interesting. And what's going on right now, or at least what I see going on, is the concept of demand and the actuality of demand are not matching up. So the vast majority of platinum and platinum group metals goes to the automotive industry, particularly as we noted, catalytic converters uh, for diesel burning cars and trucks. Now, with the new electric vehicle sort of craze that's taking the world right now, the narrative's kind of going like this. You know, there's going to be electric vehicles that take over the world. We're not going to need fuel burning vehicles anymore. We're not going to need diesel because we don't need diesel. We don't need platinum. Um, so there's this perception that platinum's not going to be necessary to the same degree um, that we've seen in the past. But this doesn't really actually match up what's going on right now. Uh, if you look at the numbers, there's actually a deficit of platinum every year of currently estimated to be a couple hundred thousand ounces. I mean, we see we're seeing growth still throughout China and the third world, and it's not going to be it's not going to be realistic to assume we're just going to inject electric vehicles there. I mean, a lot of these places, diesel is the obvious and only choice um, in terms of automotive transport. Um, additionally, what you're seeing with the skyrocketing palladium prices and rolladium prices, these metals have been traditionally more used with gasoline-powered engines as opposed to diesel-powered engines, and they're starting to get to a price. I mean, platinum, palladium is at an all-time high or nearly an all-time high right now. Rolladium has over-doubled in price in the last year. So these are getting to a price where car manufacturers are going to start thinking about using platinum instead of palladium in gasoline engines as well. So in terms of demand, you see, you're seeing it in the automotive industry, and it's going to continue to be in the automotive industry. Beyond that, there's about 20 to 30 percent of the world's platinum is used in jewelry, um, and then you have a small amount that's used for other industrial metals as well. As we said, primarily primarily medical supplies. You know, I want to play devil's advocate here, Jamie. Palladium can it be used in diesel engines? Um, but I would say that it's unlikely that it will be used in diesel engines. And the reason for that is there's about a 30, I think, I believe, in the average platinum group deposit, platinum makes up about 36, sorry, platinum makes up about 60% and palladium makes up about 30%. So there's always going to be proportionally less palladium available. So I don't know if there would be a realistic case for manufacturers switching from platinum to palladium. Now, what are the global costs of production versus all-in sustaining costs on platinum? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, right now the platinum price is $927 an ounce. So the average, I don't have the global cost of production, but I, but the South African cost of production, so the average price of cash cost is $950 uh, per ton, or the all-in sustaining costs are $1,100 per ounce. So costing $1,100 per ounce of platinum to pull it out of a mine in South Africa right now, and they're only able to sell it for $927. So 
So obviously this is a situation that can't go on indefinitely. It certainly can't. In global relative terms, what percentage of investors own gold, silver, and then platinum, would you say? So I would be purely, I couldn't even speculate on what percentage of investors own gold or silver, but I would say that only 3% of the world's platinum is held as an investment. I believe the vast majority of this is in Japan, actually. Um, so a tiny, tiny portion of people hold platinum as an investment. If I'm not mistaken, platinum is 30 times more rare than gold. Is that correct? It's That's close. So platinum that has been mined is about 30 times more rare than gold. So extracted platinum. It's actually very similar to the level of gold found in the Earth's crust, but the deposits are harder to find and we've been less successful at extracting it previously. I believe platinum wasn't even really discovered until the 18th century. Uh, in that time, it was thought to be a combination of gold and silver. It was discovered by conquistadors uh, in South America. And for the longest time, what limited us from accessing and extracting platinum effectively was the processing methods for it. Now, is there a catalyst that will change the supply and demand fundamentals for platinum? I mean, we touched on this earlier, but the biggest catalyst is cha political changes in South Africa. I mean, if the mines are nationalized, all of a sudden the platinum market is going to explode. And I mean, we've seen we've seen grumblings of this already. So Sabanye, uh, South African platinum miner, one of the biggest in the world, Sabanye Gold, they recently bought, and I believe this was December 2016, they purchased the Stillwater mine in Montana uh, for $2.2 billion. So this is one of the biggest platinum miners in the world. They're in South Africa, the biggest platinum producer in the world, the most reserves and resources in the world, and they're actively looking for deposits outside of the country. So I'd say that that tells us a lot that even the the companies that are most familiar with this market are aware of the risks in South Africa and they're trying to hedge that right now. So without question, of course, that um, in terms of EV, uh, electrical vehicles, of course, this can have an effect. And if everyone's driving electric vehicles, there is going to be a lesser demand for platinum. But that's not realistically five years out. It's not realistically even 10 years out. And at today's prices, miners literally cannot keep mining doesn't make sense. They're losing money on every ounce they produce on average. So something has to change. When we say something has to change, how long do you think it will take for that change to occur? And I'm referring to the price change that we should see in platinum. Yeah. So the real answer is I don't know. But if I had to guess, I would guess within the next 12 months. And the reason for that is uh, there's been a deficit the last several years in platinum platinum produced versus demand, that deficit is expected to increase right now. And I assume it's only a matter of time for people start to clue in on this. The other aspect is we've seen a big run in both palladium and rhodium. I mentioned this before, palladium had an all-time high last year, rhodium over doubled in price, and platinum has just sort of continued to be in the doldrums. And I think it's going to start to follow suit soon. I couldn't give an accurate date on when that will be, but I would say sooner rather than later. 
You know, relative to the price of gold, how often is platinum below the price of gold? No, I think platinum has actually only been below the price of gold two times or so. I think two times in the last 30 years. And uh, the last one was late 1990s, early 2000s. And then now where we are today. So generally, platinum is a bit, in a lot of ways, it's almost like the opposite of gold. So gold thrives on volatility and uncertainty. Um, and we see the, the, the price of gold spike in those events, whereas platinum has traditionally thrived in stable economic environments. And one of the big reasons for this is the fact that platinum is a, you know, it's a functional commodity. So it's used in building cars primarily. So in good environments, more people are buying cars and we're seeing more platinum be used. Uh, but that's not happened over the last few years. And it's very, it's very out of whack to what traditionally would be seen. So it's, a, it's an unusual occurrence. You know, with regards to platinum, I see anomalies and distortions because it's below the price of gold and it's also now below the price of palladium. How often does that that's occur? Right. For both to happen at the same time, I'm not sure that's ever occurred or not in recent history. <laughs> Jamie, you survived the storm. Last question here for you. What did I forget to ask? I would say uh, the question you forgot to ask is the best way for people to get exposure to platinum. And I'm in a way glad you forgot to ask that because I'm not entirely sure yet. And that's something we've been looking at at Capitalist Exploits, uh, finding promising deposits run by good companies, with great management teams outside of South Africa, outside of Zimbabwe, outside of Russia. And there are not very many there. Uh, so that's something we're going to have our eyes peeled on the next few months and we're looking for opportunities in. Mr. Keach, if investors wish to get more information regarding capitalist exploits, please share the contact details. Yeah, please just check out our website, which is just capitalistexploits.at, or you can find me on Twitter, which is just Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, underscore Keech, K-E-E-C-H, and I'll respond to any questions you might have. And as a reminder, we are licensed to buy and sell precious metals through Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, and the website is www.milesfranklin.com. Are we biased? Absolutely. And we practice what we preach. We've been aggressively adding to our platinum positions. If you want to buy or sell precious metals, email me at maurice at milesfranklin.com. And last but not least, please visit our website www.provenandprobable.com where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Jamie Keach of Capitalist Exploits. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.